Before we begin, recently I read an article about student enrollment in traditional colleges is way down, and online course enrollment is through the roof. With podcasts like this, you not only get free developmental information, you also get access to resources you wouldn't have otherwise. But if you really want to take your film game to the next level, you should consider taking my online masterclass. It's 42 online video modules for more than 50 hours of self-study complete with a full suite of resources. It's also live coaching and instruction for me and other industry professionals. People say, but Durante, why are you doing this? And I tell them, it's just my way of giving back. So, if you're serious about wanting to level up your film game, register for the free informational webinar today at theexpertprocess.com. Again, if you want to write a script, make a movie, sell a movie, or just learn how to get into the industry, this webinar is for you. I want to keep the groups fairly small. So sign up today because space is truly limited. Go to theexpertprocess.com and register today. Now on to the show. On today's Expert Process Podcast. Even if you start with one project or one platform and stick with it for a decade, the rules constantly change. You're always a student. The resources evolve. Things open up. Things close. Relationships come and go. There's a lot of stuff to do and a lot of unwritten rules that you don't learn unless you experience it firsthand rather than just seeing it up on the internet or studying in a book or staying in a room in Blairstown, New Jersey. That was my friend and horror enthusiast, JK. Jay has honed his craft producing the Horror Happens podcast with his wife and partner, Ghost, writing for the Horror Hound magazine, as well as producing two film festivals and consulting dozens others worldwide. Jay is a man on the move, and Jay knows horror. Stay tuned to learn some invaluable nuggets sure to rock your world. Do you know six in ten businesses will fail within the first five years? First five years? Or 43% of Americans need a side hustle just to make ends meet? Just to make ends meet? Or that it takes 10,000 hours to master any subject? Any subject. Welcome to the Expert Process Podcast, where we cut the time to mastery in half with our seasoned pros. And now, from Atlanta, Georgia, broadcasting worldwide, here's your resident expert, Durante Smith. Hello again, EIT Nation, or all of you experts in training. Welcome to the Expert Process Podcast. I'm your host, Durante Smith, and it's my job to interview some of the most hardworking, highly successful professionals on the planet. The show follows a 12-week online masterclass at theexpertprocess.com, where you'll learn from start to finish what it takes to make it in your industry. The program is chock full of professional advice, resources, and even high-level contacts to help you get to the next level in half the time. The podcast is your introduction, the masterclass is the blueprint, and I'm your guide. Now, buckle up and get ready for the ride. You're listening to the Expert Process Podcast. We'll be back in just a moment after we thank our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Airbnb. Now, if you're like me, you like to travel in comfort, style, but also economically when you can. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not keen on staying in someone else's home. That is, until I discovered Airbnb. My friend. My very first stay was about six years ago in Santa Monica, California, ironically, during the American film market. 
I stayed in a beautiful home just 1.26 miles from the beach. And then there was the weekend getaway to Knoxville, which was incredible. Our hosts were top-notch. They made breakfast for us. They made um, she actually made lunch, which was, I mean, insane. It was a music festival going on, so there was just great live music. Uh, we had dinner on the uh, river there at one of the local establishments, barbecue joints. And it was just a great experience. Then there was uh, Daytona that we got away for, again, for another short trip. It was about four hours down and back. And uh, Daytona was just, it was incredible. Great food, great weather. The beach was just beautiful. And it was the great time of year to go. So one other thing, locally here in Atlanta, we have a ton of just awesome Airbnbs. And then there's the the treehouse here, which I hope to go to very soon and take my daughter to. That's here in Atlanta that you can stay in. And it stays booked out, I think, six months out in advance. So that's one you definitely want to put on your list. Now, I'm a believer in crowd sharing and the disruptor industry. And I love Love, love me some Airbnb. So do yourself a favor and try it out. You can use my promo code to save $55 off your first adventure. Just go to bit.ly forward slash expert process Airbnb. Again, that's bit.ly bit.ly forward slash expert process Airbnb for your getaway or staycation today. Jay, welcome to the show, man. Well, Durante, thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be able to be a part of this. And uh, I, I, you know, expert is such a fluid concept. So I, I hope I fulfill the criteria because you've had on some great guests as part of the conversations you've had on here so far. But... For me, happy holidays to everyone out there. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, first and foremost, because we're right around the area. And I, actually, for me, Durante, I just finished up a year where I was working with Horror Hound, Dread Central, um, yeah. writing for them, interviewing for them, doing Facebook Lives. The aspect of my own uh, radio show turned podcast with Scratching the Surface on Horror Happens Radio, which you can find on SoundCloud. And I'm moving into producing now with a lot of different projects, docu-series, short films, web series, stuff like that, which came out of my experience and growth as a professional that started almost nine years ago with the Horror Happens radio show. I think that's really kind of the key is to understand that when you step into something, it may not always lead directly to what you expect, True. but opportunities are abound and you never know exactly where it's going to take you. But as long as you have the ambition and the tenacity to keep going and networking, you can oftentimes find a space in a lane that you never really expect. Yeah, and you're right about that. And that's one thing nowadays with the aspect of technology being so readily available and film festivals popping up. There's thousands of them in all the different film genres every single year. And the World Wide Web has opened this up to people around the world and just down your block when it comes to growing your network and growing your circles. But you never really realize it because everyone wants everything in short order. It's a short gratification uh, society we live in now, short impulsive society we live in now. For me, when I started nine years ago, I had originally for over a decade before had done swing, big band, jazz, jump blues, and rockabilly radio. I booked bands. I was 
at the forefront of the swing dance movement when it when it first kicked it the late 90s into the early 2000s and after a decade my audience kind of dried up so with that being said um the ghost and i sat down for a good six months and we brainstormed on whether i wanted to stay in the radio and deal with the aspect of music or talk anymore um and if so what was i going to do and i ended up um doing the horror happens radio show on uh, homegrown radio in Blairstown, New Jersey, where I'm from, where they shot Friday the 13th. And at that time, Durante, you know, a lot of professionals have a focus. They have resources. Well, I didn't really have that. I was just starting out doing it once a month, then twice a month, and then every week. And it really just turned into what the Horror Happens radio show would be. But I never thought that I would be here nine years later almost. I never thought that I'd be working with film festivals helping the program and shape like the Philadelphia Name Film Festival and Horrible Imaginings Film Festival and Fear NYC and consulting for ones around the world. So yeah, it never really starts where you think it's going to, but you know, nowadays with everything that's available, it can turn into some things you, you never thought you could ever be a part of. And it's not always through the traditional methods of working for the studios. It's not always through the traditional methods of being hooked up with what well, let's say in this case with Fangoria, because a lot of people who were part of the old regime of Fangoria have gone on to do amazing things and make an impact um, in this dysfunctional family, as I like to call it, of horror. You know, some people don't have those resources. And for someone like me, who started out with a handful of conversations and allowed it to grow and had patience, sometimes frustration, but we all do, and turned it into this, the opportunities popped up that I never thought I would have had Durante. Jay, I can tell you um, from my own personal dealing with you guys, it's quite impressive yeah. to see where you guys have gone in the short span of time, which is really, I guess, maybe about six years, the time yeah. that we've had and you know, actually have known each other. So, yeah, my congratulations to everything Thanks. that you're doing, man. That's, uh, that's Same awesome. to you, dude. Same to you. Congratulations <laughs> on the podcast. And, and you know what? I can't believe it's been about six years since yeah. we've been on the radio because that was part of the, the thing. Part of the philosophy, philosophy, Durante, um, and it still is to this day to give opportunities to people to talk about their projects in a uh, uncensored, in a safe, um, and a very creative space, and really get to the heart of why they're doing what they're doing. And thank goodness, right? Over yes. seventeen hundred guests in almost nine years with wow, doing the interviews at the radio show. That's amazing. And I'm new to this, so I tell folks I'm under no disillusionment, I guess you would say. It starts out really as a labor of love because when you first get into it, you don't make the money and all those stuff. But what exactly. you're doing is you're building your audience, you know. And I'm fortunate enough to have a very uh, supportive and strong following on social media, which in turn has shifted this thing to this, the podcast, but also the online masterclass and things like that. So I'm looking at folks like yourself it really is my mentors, if you will, because you've done this for so long. You've gotten that track record behind you, and you know what the day in and day out of this is that I'm still learning. Absolutely. And it takes a while to be able to do it because in the different incarnations through the nine years, Durante, the first four years, film festivals were not really a big part of what I was doing. I attended maybe a handful every year, ones like the New York City Horror Film Festival as the top tier one. But after about the fifth year, when I decided to kind of freshen up what I was doing with Horror Happens Radio, 
I went into the film festivals and then, you know, and it was a whole new landscape and platform and a whole new set of rules and how to do business and how to handle myself because it opened up doors to horror hound and dread central and evolving what horror happens radio would be to scratching the surface now, which is more podcasts rather than a live show every week for four or five hours, which I did for almost six and a half years. Even if you start with one project or one platform and stick with it for a decade, the rules constantly change. You're always a student. The resources evolve. Things open up. Things close. Relationships come and go. There's a lot of stuff to do and a lot of unwritten rules that you don't learn unless you experience it firsthand rather than just seeing it up on the internet or studying in a book or staying in a room in Blairstown, New Jersey, which is what I did for the first four years. I didn't experience as much as I should, but that experience changed so much, Durante. You're listening to the Expert Process Podcast. We'll be back in just a moment after we thank our sponsors. A quick reminder, if you haven't signed up for the free webinar yet, pause what you're doing, Open a new window on your phone or computer, go to theexpertprocess.com, and join now. You can thank me later. Now, back to the show. So what you just said is so important. I'll digress for just a moment. Sure. So to help the audience kind of understand our connection. I made this feature film. It was my directorial debut, and the film's called Prosper. It is a supernatural thriller, or what you would say is a, um, it's in the horror genre. And so I think right. we met through Sonya, right? Through Sonya uh, Thompson. Exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, Sonya, she is she's one of my biggest warriors or fans with this whole project. For you guys that don't know who Sonya is, she is a uh, an actress on The Walking Dead. She's right. one of the main faces that you'll see as the uh, zombie. She literally travels around the country and, in fact, even overseas now, touring like every single month, like, you know, a couple of shows a month because she's gotten that sort of notoriety and fame with, you know, with her role on The Walking Dead. So again, this show is being broadcast like literally all over the world. So I have to take a moment to explain this stuff. Yeah, so The Walking Dead is a major television show that's had this tremendous run, and it's actually shot here in Atlanta, Georgia. And so it's actually, I think the area is called Tenoya, which you may not know this day, but we have six or seven major film studios here in Atlanta. Oh, it's um, huge now. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's probably become the biggest part of our industry. It's that large. And Sonya, she had the opportunity early on. She's one of the first Walking Dead, what they call walkers, carved out a niche for herself and really kind of blew that thing up, that opportunity up, right? She embraced the horror lane and what that culture was, because really horror is a culture. That's what most people probably don't understand. It's the culture. Yes. It's not just a genre, it's a culture in and of itself. They have really true diehard fans. She came to me with this opportunity to talk to you guys. And I said, yeah, you know, uh, we were, I think at the time we were, we had just released the film or, or about to release the film or something like that. And we had a little no budget film. I mean, we made the film for, I tell people, we made the film for roughly about $5,000. And then Amazing. when you know, we went back and raised another like 15 grand or so. So all in, we're, we're 19, 20,000, 21,000, something like that, all in. And these days, that sounds a lot more doable, a lot easier to do. But as technology has grown and has developed, things have gotten cheaper over time. Things have gotten right. easier to do and easier to manage. But even today, 20 grand is still not a lot of money to make a feature film. No, it's not. But you know what, though? 
one of the things that people should look at, and I don't mean to diverge for a second because I remember going back to Days of the Dead ATL and meeting Sonia, and then in Fex Granton, closer to where the bunker here is in Blairstown in Scranton, PA, and getting to know her and then getting to know you. But 20,000 nowadays in the right, right script, right talent, and a smart uh, crew and director can really turn into something. In fact, Tribeca Film Festival this year, the one thing that I pulled out of it this year more than anything else is if you have a simple story that's got two or three uh, characters in it, a, a two or three hander, and with the one location, you can go ahead to one of the most prestigious film festivals in the entire world, especially in North America, and have a hit on your hand. Something else right. which turned out into After Midnight by Jeremy Gardner and uh, Christian Sella, I believe, or Sella, um, I believe is his uh, DP and, and co-director and writer. I mean, they did something that a lot of people now are looking at and saying that it's one of the best genre films of the year. But across the board, real simple story, not a lot of clutter to it, practical effects, more in frame stuff. $20,000 can get you something very successful. In fact, Sundance last year, I believe, I mean, what, what was the, the, the winner was a, a, an iPhone film. You can do yourself on iPhones now. And I know some of your guests have talked about that before. Right. Okay, how easy the technology is and how far 20000 can go, especially for a first-time director. You're exactly right, Jay. I try to explain to folks what the capabilities that we hold in our hand is now compared to, you know, when you and I were really starting out. I've been at this for about 21 years or so. Right. And back in those days, we didn't even have DSLR. We were shooting on mini DV cameras and stuff yeah. like that. And when you compare the footage now to the footage then, what was truly and actually uh, meant to be a video recording device, not even in the same category, really. Because <laughs> hey, Durante, they, what's old is cool now. That's that's what they say now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> I wouldn't watch that stuff, though, man. <laughs> 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 but yeah, or, but I'll give you another really good example. I shot a film, it was a short film on Super 16. Now, Super 16, uh, you guys probably wouldn't know this actually. There are different film, film stocks, right? This is back in the day when we actually shot on film. Yes, I actually shot on film. I shot on 35 millimeters, Super 16, awesome. uh, with 8 millimeter, all this other crap, right? But we shot a film on Super 16, and the funniest thing is the guy didn't have the budget to buy the full uh, rolls or magazines. Right. So we're shooting on short side, okay? So for you guys to understand, a roll of them is, say it's 300 feet long for a roll. Well, once they get down so low, the studio will cost them because they're paying the butt to deal with. For us, those scraps, we put them together and you make something out of it, especially if it's a short project. So we purchased a ton of this you know, cheap film stock, made this dude's film, and I mean, it looked, it was, actually wasn't a film, it was a extended music video thing. It looked fine. It wasn't bad. But the thing that you come to learn is you can go back and look at that film stock for all of the effort that it took for, I mean, he had a bigger budget for his music video, which was probably 40 grand, maybe something like that, than right. I had for my entire film. You know, it just shows you, you know, the advancement in technology. And to your point, man... We've got a camera, especially if you have these new ones. I have the iPhone 8 Plus. This dog on phone, man, is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. have the 10 or the 11 or the 18 or whatever else <laughs> they have now. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, these phones are amazing, man. So, yeah, you, 
you hit on a very good point, which is we don't have the excuses uh, for the limitations these days, right. especially if you can understand and learn what to do. And to be 100% honest with you, Jay, the podcast is really a vital part of what I'm trying to do with educating people and giving people these opportunities that, as you said, you might be in um, New Jersey or you might be in Idaho or you might be in Bangladesh, you know, or you might be somewhere in China or something. I don't know. But the point is you can learn how to take your idea and get it flushed out into a script, then actually link up with the people that can help you get your film produced and then have the resources to actually get the project sold. Because what I'm hearing is there's so much more opportunity now because everybody's looking for content, man. Everybody, right. you're in the horse space, but dude, I know, I can't even tell you how many different platforms or how many you know, different places there are for content that is horse specific. Yeah, and you're right about that. And, you know, it's funny because my origins, as I talked about before, comes in talk radio. And with the Horror Happens radio show and now scratching the surface on Horror Happens, it's interesting, Durante, how... You know, all the conversations that I've had have opened up so many doors, which has offered so many different resources and an education that really has kind of become my film school. Um, a lot of people love to throw that line around. Well, this project, this experience was my film school. Well, the radio show and then moving into film festivals was my film school today. And you're always a student. You're always learning. And you're right about the fact that nowadays everyone is looking for content. Content is king, as the saying goes. You're listening to the Expert Process Podcast. We'll be back in just a moment after we thank our sponsors. I want to share something with you guys. Most of you probably don't know I'm a single parent of a beautiful seven-year-old little girl. I won't go into details about really any of that because it's not relevant. But as a single parent... A single dad with a vision to mold his daughter's outlook. I sat her down and we discussed how she could build her own brand, develop her own TV shows as really it's a new day. She can do what she wants to do. So we just released our first few pieces of her apparel brand, Madison Lauren, and we're launching her YouTube channel next week. You do realize you can play YouTube through your television set, through your smart TV app, Roku, or really any other set-top device now, right? So, in an effort to support my seven-year-old aspiring model, aspiring filmmaker, aspiring chef, and aspiring climate activist, I ask you to follow her at Madison Lauren Apparel and Accessories on Facebook or visit her website for great gift ideas at Thrifty Lil Diva, that's T-H-R-I-F-T-Y-L-I-L-D-I-V-A dot me. So again, that's Madison Lauren Apparel and Accessories on Facebook or Thrifty Lil Diva. That's T-H-R-I-F-T-Y-L-I-L-D-I-V-A dot me. Thrifty Lil Diva dot me. Okay, Madison, what's your motto? We love you just the way you are. Uh, <laughs> they grow up so fast. Oh, daddy. <laughs> now back to the show. And for me, over the last three years especially, I've been developing a docu-series that finally is pushing to forward to where I want it to be, 
that has to do with film festivals and the different dynamics of it from my perspective. And that would have never happened if I didn't sit down every week and talk to people like yourself, talk to people around the world, talk to creators of different walks of life, different genders, different sexualities, different perspectives and visions of horror. And I know mine is a very unique trail for it, but there's been filmmakers out there, writers, producers, crew, cast that started as press, started as radio and worked their way in. Because a lot of people ask, well, how do I do what I do? How do you go to 25 festivals a year, 30 festivals a year, 20 festivals a year? And how do you afford to be able to do that? Well, the first thing and foremost that works for me, and keep in mind, this is my experience. This doesn't fit everyone. It may fit some. And if it does, I hope it's very successful. But I go ahead, Narante, and I own multiple businesses. So I'm able to go ahead and work and finance a lot of the stuff I do. Because in the early stages, whether you're making a film, whether you're producing content, whatever it might be, sources of revenue are so key. You can go to investors. You can go ahead and look to studios, look to platforms, which is the next step for me in the evolution of what I'm doing. Or you can just work and balance what you're doing. And I balance a lot of different plates to be able to do what I do. And another key, which a lot of people, and I'm not necessarily sure if it's ego, if it's the aspect of not having time, if it's the idea of of feeling that it's not worth doing, because there are people out there who feel this, but take some time and go to your local website or your local radio show or your local magazine and start writing for them and get those press credentials, especially filmmakers who sit back and have a wealth of knowledge. Their perspective is invaluable, and it opens doors to these festivals that you never thought you could before. The last two or three years, especially being press Durante, especially going with my Panasonic 4K camera, which I got for 450 500 bucks on eBay. And, and again, you talk about the technology, you see how cheap it is. It's allowed me to go out as a press member as a very respected professional in the industry of journalism and film within horror, very respected one, and that's not my words, that's words of others, to be able to go out and get the footage and cover these events and open those doors and network. Because for me, the biggest piece of advice I could offer to anyone, Durante, is get out of your comfort bubble. Get out of it right now. All the people that I've talked with over the years, the biggest thing that I've noticed with just about everyone is you make a film, You're in an area. You're saturated in that area. You sit back and you think, well, how do I go ahead and make that next step? A lot of people allow fear to drive them. A lot of people allow fear to hold them back from getting out of their comfort circle, out of their bubble, and going out and experiencing film festivals. I had two friends this past year who have made two feature films, a number of shorts. They're very successful here on the East Coast in the tri-state area. And for the first time, they actually went out to Fantasia this year, which is this incredible three-week festival in Montreal that has over 12,530 features, tons of shorts, amazing content on Concordia University in Montreal. And they went to the Frontiers Market, which is the pitch market, the project market, as you had talked about with Khan, as you had talked about with the aspect of Berlin on your previous shows. I mean, this was an opportunity for them to expand. And they loved it. And they were able to open up doors they had never done before. So get out of your comfort bubble like I did years ago when I said, you know what? I'm going to take these next few years and I'm going to go ahead and develop my craft. I'm going to update my technology within my budget. 
I'm going to go after as a press member and I'm going to balance things. I'm going to provide great coverage as well as get the stuff I need to move myself forward. And it's made all the difference in the world now. And for indie filmmakers out there, especially Durante, from six, seven years ago, from where you are to now, everything is available right at your fingertips for a good price. If you, a lot of them put that fear away, even maybe that ego away, it will make all the difference in allowing yourself to have a clear head to go forward. And I can tell you from professional experience of me and, and several others, it works. Agreed, agreed, and agreed. So with all that you're doing and what I hear you're saying about right. traveling around and consulting these uh, film festivals and also the film festivals that you are personally a part of, which is the Philadelphia Unnamed Film Festival and the Horrible Imagining Film Festival. Right. And then you had something to do. What was the other film festival back in the day? The um... uh, <laughs> See, yeah, and, and also it's experience that you learned from. Uh, the Horror Happens Film yes. Showcase and the Horror Happens Film Festival. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. So with all of that, right, and what you're seeing in the market, what are these opportunities that you're seeing? Because, again, I can only speak for what I know, and I try my best to stay current and abreast on what is going on. But you're in it. You're in the trenches. So I try. What are the things that you see that's current, that's new, and that's coming down the pipeline for filmmakers that want to get their start? And then, like you say, there are a ton of filmmakers sitting on sidelines that have products. They're just afraid to put it out. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, again, those filmmakers who are putting out their product and have low expectations. I mean, why film festivals? And, and again, Durante, going back to your podcast, film festivals, depending on what your project is, work in some areas and don't work in other areas. I mean, if you're looking right. for a major deal and you're, you're a major project um, that's at the top tier of the Sundances, for example, as you talked about before, um, the different film markets. I mean, you're looking at something where film festivals are not going to benefit you as much. Um, for a lot of filmmakers, though, who are not at that tier, who have not worked to that level yet and just want to get their film out and try and get that break to make more, to get money, to make the next film, to go ahead and make an impact in the market. Film festivals are crucial. And for me, there's top, there's middle and there's low tier. And nowadays, from my experience, when you look at films like this, laurels are king. People love laurels on their posters. They love to be able to get them, but not all laurels are created equal. And right. when you look at middle and top tier festivals, those are the ones you want to shoot for. I'm not saying low end festivals are not worth being a part of, but one of the things that I've noticed a lot over the last few years, especially is, and this comes from traveling around the world to different festivals, is saturation. I mean, this is something that, in my opinion, is a problem. Saturation of films where, you're, you know, your film's playing 20 to 25 different festivals, it doesn't seem to work for a lot of the different films. And I say that not only from a journalistic point of view, but also experiencing it with a lot of the different filmmakers that have come across. I see sometimes films five, six, seven times throughout the year. A lot of times that can be a problem for a filmmaker. Now, people listening to this are going to go, you're crazy. You want to play as many films as you can. Well, the problem is that if you don't have a strategy in place, if you don't have a particular focus on what festivals you want to play, it becomes a problem. Just playing any festival does not mean it's going to get you success. And these films now with all these different platforms, people are picking things up immediately as soon as it comes out there. So the strategy of picking what your top world premiere is going to be, 
where are the top festivals that you're going to play in the first few months is so crucial and so key. Because if you spread it out anywhere, if you go ahead and don't look at the way the calendar is set up, because you have different festivals throughout the different years, you start off uh, right now with the aspect of Sundance that's going to be kicking off in a few weeks. And then you move into the aspect of South by Southwest. And then you move into Tribeca. And then you move into Fantasia. And you move into a lot of festivals around the world. If you don't have a strategy, that becomes a problem. And that goes, that's something that a lot of filmmakers who make their first film especially are so wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and just want to get it out there for people to watch that they forget to do that. I don't know about you, Durante, but you know, looking at these projects that I'm working on right now, even though they're web series and even though they're docu-series, that knowledge across the board is universal in how you want to get it out there, the right eyes you want to get out in front of. And it's so crucial at the beginning to get the film out to the right people in the right festivals. So that way you establish yourself and you're not seen at all those different festivals with a lot of them that in the end really don't matter to what your film's going to do. As a fan, as a professional or press, I should say, it's absolutely crucial because you get the exposure, you get the press. But as the filmmaker, as a producer, it just doesn't work after a while because you really just want to strike while the iron is hot in the first three to six months from my experience, from people I've talked to and been around. Yeah, I think that's key, man. That first, what they call a window, right? Right, right. Yeah, that first three to six months, it is, it's crucial. And not, a lot of it is because it's the momentum. You know, once right. you release the film, then it starts to carry momentum, or it doesn't. But that momentum is what, A, it really generates the following, if you will, right? Especially if you have a game plan, it, it starts to generate right. the following and builds your audience, it starts to build your buzz. And then by the time you're at that six-month mark, again, as you say, if you map it out, if you have a game plan, by the time you get to the six-month mark, you've already generated some buzz, you already have some interest, and that's really where you can look at seeing yourself in a Tribeca or one of the film festivals, like you're saying in Montreal or uh, with Fantasia or some of these other festivals where you can have an opportunity to actually get your film picked up Again, as you say, I think everything you're saying is so spot on because, it, at least in my experience, you yeah. it's creating that track record, right? You come out the gates, as you said, you're bushy tail, wide-eyed, you don't necessarily know a lot. So you do a, a few smaller festivals, or, you know, as you say, maybe the lower tier festivals, but it gets your feet wet, right? It helps you understand right. what not to do as well. And also another thing, it helps you to flush out your system because there's a system to submitting. There's a system to right. actually going to the festival. There's a system. To, I mean, there you have to have a system in place. If you go into the, the first bigger festival without knowing what any of that is and having flushed out the jitters and the the, <laughs> the butterflies, you'll screw up. You know, you'll waste your money. So, yeah. yeah. I, no, I was going to say, and I agree with you. And when you deal with something like this and, you know, there's a lot of filmmakers who want to get the project out and want to follow the formula. One of the things that I've noticed, especially in the last couple of years, is unique visions find a home with festivals. It doesn't necessarily have to be the technology. It doesn't have to be um, a framework. Unique visions find it. Simple, unique visions will get you out there. Something that drives people to want to see it. That's more than the social media presence. And again, I'll go to the film Something Else uh, by Jeremy Gardner and, and Christian Stella. Um, exceptionally simple very easy going. Travis Stevens, uh, Girl on the Third Floor, another film. It's a debut feature for him, but it's something that's very simple. 
It's a good story. It's compelling characters. It's got to be something that is part of you that fits into this formula. Because if you just throw anything out there in in the first time, all you're going to do is play these lower tier festivals. You want to be able to make an impact in that first three to six months. Jay, with everything that you've seen and the changes in the industry, right, what then would you say is the advice you give to a budding filmmaker that wants to actually see that impact? Because you're saying that you target, you're strategic, you're very careful in your planning, right? Right. But when you're actually making this, basically to keep it simple, and you're right. saying to what uh, Dove said in one of the interviews, he's saying the extended stage play. But, you know, honestly, a lot of filmmakers are not trying to hear that. You know that, I know no. that. And, you know, they say, well, it's a horror genre. I can screw up. The audience is going to be forgiving. Durante, Durante, people will listen to this and go, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's not common sense. I'm going to tell right. you, folks. Right. I've been around this now for years. And it is absolutely true. The fact is that a lot of people, a lot of filmmakers, because the technology is so readily available, because the platforms are there, people don't realize it. And that's coming from someone who's been on both sides, ingrained in a variety of different projects, different crafts, different film festivals that tells you it is. If you have a project that fits better at a festival and it's done and it's ready to go out into the world and you see five festivals and your eyes are bigger than your stomach, but it doesn't fit, don't do it. Do your research, use your common sense and sit back and find something that fits. That way, three to six months turns from a slow crawl into something that's more fast paced. If you're just patient and you use common sense and you allow the experience of people who have been around in different areas to work for you. And there you have it, folks, straight from the man who's consulted more than 100 plus film festivals around the globe. Thanks to my friend JK for imparting his knowledge with us today. Now, you can find Jay at HorrorHappens.com, HorrorHound Magazine, Dread Central, and Horror News Network, and A Strange Man in a Film Land on social media. That wraps up part one of our interview with Jay. Stick around for part two. And a special thank you to you, my listener, for following along with us at the Expert Process Podcast. Please bear with us as we continue to grow and fine-tune the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to reach out with any suggestions, show ideas, or guest referrals. You can email me at smith.durante at gmail.com. Again, that's smith.durante, D-E-R-O-N-T-E at gmail.com. And as always, love, peace, and fish grease. And I'm out. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. For only the best show notes, links, classes, and more, go to theexpertprocess.com or follow us on Facebook at The Expert Process or hit us up on Instagram at The Expert Process. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share.